0: Hey, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don, as usual. We have our returning third mic, Agile Tablet, joining us once again. Today, we'll be discussing Christmas. I thought this could be a fun topic to discuss. Uh, we can talk about the religious dimension of Christmas with Don as a Christian and Tabs and I as Muslims. How do we relate to that? And uh, talk a little bit about how it's a little different this year with the pandemic and all that stuff going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Is, uh, is anything different for you guys this year? It's a little weird. I guess Tabs and I are doing the same thing.
1: But, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I'm asking you, Don.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, we did do like a quick little gift drop off to Toronto. Just kind of dropped off stuff on uh, my sister's front step and sort of waved Aww. in uh, the pouring rain. <laughs> and uh, so, it was not really uh, – Not really the same thing, and it was like, you know, last weekend and stuff, so not really the same as like a big traditional getting together. We'll probably have like a Zoom dinner for Christmas. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, we'll we'll have like one side of the table, and, uh, you know, we'll have uh, the camera, whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Our our Zoom does not work well. I mean, we're already (laughs) on like a, you know, tin can to string connection here and uh, yeah. it's not really uh, anyways but yeah so i don't know it's not really as thing plus you know uh in terms of my own self it's more just obviously my niece and nephew uh, and stuff like that that's the the fun part of it kind of thing right like it's just like myself uh, it's not really fighting to get up as early as possible to open a PS5 or something <laughs> as I would as a kid or something. But like, yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. It's like, a, it's weird how a lot of the stuff that I, you know, I, I was the teen who quickly pointed out every year that Santa Claus is some Coca-Cola thing or whatever, you know, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And all of the, like, it just was all like very cringe and very, like, annoying Although, I did always have like a warm feeling about Christmas kind of thing in like, uh, <laughs> yeah. different ways. So, um, yeah, it's strange. I So, in preparation for this episode, I watched uh, Passion of the Christ again, um, the 2004 <laughs> Mel Gibson film. And uh, I watched, well, I had to kind of fast forward through parts of it because parts of it are just unwatchable, like just really bloody mess kind of stuff, just really, really gross horror kind of things but like uh Jeez. um oh yeah like just pouring blood out and stuff just really <laughs> really messed up but like
3: i i knew that like i remember yeah. that was like the thing when it came out yeah gruesome it was but i i've never seen it so
2: oh yeah yeah that's pretty bad but like uh the christopher it, it remind me of like almost like a christopher nolan movie though or something like it was like a, like a batman movie because it's like it's all dark and like green and at the start oh. at least like in you know like green and <laughs> orange and stuff, and like all really uh, really strange kind of movie like just uh everyone's sort of like brooding and saying profound things, and time <laughs> is slowed down a bunch of times for emphasis and stuff like it, it's like a it's like a, it's like a superhero movie except that like the superhero is Jesus kind of stuff, so I guess that um, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and they have, like, the Middle Eastern lament music throughout. Oh, God, kind of thing. You know, that, that is so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the thing I didn't remember, I, like, I remember them complaining that, like, it was anti-Semitic and stuff. And I thought, like, well, you know, to some extent, any movie that uh, deals with the topic is probably going to get some, except for maybe, like, Jesus Christ Superstar or something. But, like, most <laughs> of them are going to get, like, some backlash yeah. for that. Yeah. Sure. I, I I was very wrong about that because <laughs> there's, like, there's like Oh is it really to, that bad? It's like 20 to 30 minutes during the start and then throughout kind of thing of like just solid like Pharisees being like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> being like a, you know just I mean they, they do stuff like you can kind of tell that like there's there's sort of like Hollywood you know any any sort of like Hollywood movie now they have to make it so that like there's sort of like the moral gray where like you know if if one group is shown doing something bad, then there have to be people within that group being like, "This is bad. Yeah. You got to stop it," kind of thing. So there's all that kind of stuff in it. And I mean, but yeah, no, just like I don't know, the costumes are cool, though. I don't know
3: <laughs> all the
2: big rabbi costumes and stuff. I guess yeah. Did
3: so. they speak Aramaic in it?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing is that the whole the whole movie is uh, in the traditional whatever. Uh, mediterranean languages at the time or whatever oh yeah like uh, so like the, the the roman soldiers all speak latin and stuff is so. it
3: i mean that's hard to deliver as an actor like if you don't yeah. actually speak that language so are the performances any good when they're speaking a language that they don't even know
2: uh not really but it's also like they're they're <laughs> they're you know like the, the latin just sounds like italian like when they're speaking yeah it, like it just sounds like that's how yeah. it comes across like that, that yeah that musicality to it. And uh yeah, the I don't know. It's is a very strange movie. Um it's funny though like that 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 the tie-in sort of to the Christmas stuff is that like it's it's strange to be like oh this is cringe, this is you know, annoying, this is weird or whatever and watching the movie and stuff like that too. And then kind of being like yeah, but at some level like it does reflect what I believe about things or something, you know? Like it's like <laughs> It's like it's like it's like the the movie is all like this weird bizarre stuff that happens and then you're like yeah but like the yeah, basic Yeah but that story. first 20 30 minutes
0: <laughs> that you <were> about. <laughs> <laughs> sure Yeah I don't know that's a,
2: it's like a it's strange to think of that, that that way right that like oh uh I guess I do think that like God is cool or whatever I don't know <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
3: Yeah, but I mean th- that's that's always the like the way the story is told. I I don't know. I wouldn't feel too too badly about thinking it is weird or cringe or something like that because like the things that you find like off or silly about it are probably not like the core elements of the story. Sure. They're yeah. like the weirdness that the what are those what are those like super catholics called that he's part of?
2: Opus Dei. Stuff like oh that, is yeah. is
3: that? I think there was another term that I was thinking. Mel of, but Gibson yes, is an yeah. opus
2: day. Well, his dad was. Yeah, his, yeah, his dad was a. Baby. Oh wow. Well, yeah. yeah. So they're mean, like the oh, pre-Vatican II. Like,
3: like yeah, whatever yeah. that term is.
2: Well, opus day. I know what you mean. Like uh, uh, seeds, they're called online. Like sedevent, oh really? Of vet, vandicus or something. I don't know, something like that. Oh, it's like some okay. It, but those people are a bit more extreme too. They. They tend to believe that like the Pope is not actually the Pope kind of thing that like it's been right. vacant. Right. But I think Opus Dei is like within the actual tradition. Like okay. it's it's like it's like contemporary, like with the it's like it thinks that the Pope is the Pope, but okay. um, although that stuff has gotten really, really weird in the last yeah. like few years, like just like there's like an archbishop, which they're gonna have to I mean, just they'll have to do something about. Like they will have to I don't know, maybe they're just you know, playing out the clock or something, but like he, uh, he, he's doing all this stuff about like saying that, like, basically that Pope Francis is in league with Satan and all this stuff or whatever, basically. Wow. So, yeah. I, don't know. I
3: mean, it's one thing to not like that he's the Pope, but <laughs> yeah. damn. Yeah.
2: There, yeah. There, I wouldn't be surprised if like a good chunk of people believe that like Pope Francis is not the real Pope and that like Pope Benedict is and stuff, which is pretty predictable. Yeah outcome maybe to some extent of a pope resigning but like uh yeah so that's very it's very bizarre I don't know so but I mean oh, you see that throughout history I guess too it's not like oh yeah there's there's always like anti-popes and all that kind of stuff or like people well like just just I mean that like you know diversity and like problems in the religion or whatever are not not new but like it's a it's a very strange situation with all the mm-hmm. just in terms of like seeing people online that are like MAGA people like <laughs> getting really deep into that kind of stuff i don't know it's 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 kind of funny because a lot of the intellectual infrastructure of the republican party are uh catholics now like mm. the actual like you know like the people do that do heavy lifting on the ideology kind of status stuff really like well like the you know like i think something like three or four of the supreme court justices appointed by oh you know trump are catholics and stuff like that like uh the protestants tend to lean more into the kind of pentecostal or what you know what i mean like the different like christian fundamental stuff tends not to be as intellectual i think in some ways but yeah, yeah. so yeah so anyways it's very strange but yeah so so what are you guys doing for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think that we're going to be watching Passion of the Christ. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Although I remember one time, uh, I, I it was for some. I think it was for Christmas. It might have been for Thanksgiving. But um, we got uh, we meaning my my parents and my brother and I were invited to a different aunt and uncle's place than we usually went to on the holiday. And so we said we would stop by. The first one, uh, the, the people who usually invited us, the aunt and uncle, we said, okay, well, we're going to this other place, but we'll stop by your place uh, on our way home and still say hi, and we can, you know, have dessert or whatever. And we get there, and <laughs> it's my my two uncles and my one aunt, and my aunt is like ignoring us; she won't even make eye contact with us, and my uncles are watching Gladiator. And my, my one uncle is just drunk as a skunk. And that's <laughs> not something I'm used to being around as a kid. Like that never happened at like holidays. Yeah. Like yeah. That. I was very, sure. I, <laughs> it was very strange. The other one was just trying to pay attention as much as possible to the movie. Um, by the way, the, the tie in mm-hmm. is the Mediterranean warbling. That's, that's what ties the two movies. Oh together. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, But, yeah, he was just totally trashed, and we just kind of were like, oh, uh, okay. And then I remember him lying down on the ground in, like, a Christ (laughs) pose and, like, wanting to go to sleep. And we are like, okay, we're going to take off now. Thanks. He (laughs) T-posed on you. (laughs) He did, but, like, with his eyes closed on the floor. So it wasn't really... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, um, we're not doing that. This Christmas, that's for sure. Um, but, <laughs> sure. uh, I my my parents told us that um, the the ladies are in charge of Christmas Eve and and the the men are in charge of Christmas Day. So, my mom and I are going to be cooking stuff for the first day, and then I guess the second day is more laid back and it's more like mm-hmm. hors d'oeuvres and snacking and stuff. So the guys are going to be. Uh, in charge of that (laughs) and uh, i'm excited because um we usually have christmas with um people in my family who never want to eat seafood or fish and i always want to do feast of the seven fishes um for christmas so uh now we can't do a feast because it's only four people (laughs) but i will get to do seafood this year so i'm excited oh did you get
0: the green light on that
3: I got the green light. Yeah.
0: Oh boy, cool.
3: But well, I mean, it's not going to be anything special. So (laughs) you know, it's like oh, shrimp or something. You know. Yeah. So it's it's nothing, nothing crazy. So
0: what is uh, the feast of the seven fishes?
3: Oh, that's a good question. I I really don't know what the it's okay. It's a Catholic thing, um, as far as I know, and it. I, I know it as an Italian thing. Parts of my Italian family uh, did it, but also parts of my Lithuanian family have done it too because both nations are mostly Catholic. Um, I think, it, as the name says, it's like seven seven fish and or seafood dishes instead of any uh, terrestrial meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think we've done up to 12 I'm not sure if there's a difference if there's like, oh, you know, the the number of apostles or the number of this, that or the other thing. Like, I don't I don't know what the 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 symbolism is there, but it's just basically eating uh, seafood and fish instead of um, instead of meat.
0: Yeah, that's about all I know about it. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. I was just wondering if there are like specific, if it's a specific, se- seven specific dishes.
3: Or... No, no, because it varies by by culture. Like sure, one of okay. the things that I remember having with my, the, the Italian side of my family was um baby uh, baby squid, like stuffed baby squid. Oh man, that was so good. Uh, With like breadcrumbs and parsley and seasonings and stuff. And oh man, really, really good. Um, And then um, something I remember having with the Lithuanian side is um, roasted eel. We actually had some eel one time, which sounds, if you've never had eel, it probably sounds pretty gross, but eel is pretty good. Um, And yeah, I just like everything, like herring. Again, that would be on the Lithuanian side. Italians don't really eat herring, but bakala would be something you might have. That's like the salt cod dish that's more like a ta- or I guess it's Mediterranean, training because like Spaniards eat it too
0: that one's fun to say bacala. I always like just saying <laughs> yeah. bacala
3: yeah. yeah it sounds like a word that means like a bunch of horse hooey or something like ah that load of bacala yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just picturing Don hates seafood so I'm picturing <laughs> him like walking in and being like oh that's okay I'll just have something else
1: <laughs> oh, yeah him. yeah <laughs>
3: I know, when I said <laughs> shrimp, I was like, oh, man, I've already lost him. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, the squid and the eel stuff is probably even further yeah. afield. No. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it, it
2: you know what it sounds like to me? Like, when I hear that stuff, it sounds like, uh, like the most isolated Cantina or something kind of thing like uh, like uh, Star Wars they're just like you go in and there's like some guy with like uh, giant eyes eating like handfuls of eel or something kind of thing <laughs> <It doesn't, laughs> I don't know I'm like well that's their culture and I respect it or something, you know so <laughs> so yeah it doesn't really uh appeal to me as a I don't know but I don't know. I, there's no logical reason why I shouldn't be able to try some of the stuff, but I just, I don't know. I think it was like a year ago now that I uh, was talking to like a dietitian person about uh, trying fish. I was like, maybe I could try fish as like a thing to like do. The thing, did, didn't didn't uh, follow up on that, one yet, but <laughs> it's only been about a year. I don't know. I've had it a few times, but like, yeah, just. Uh, not really. You should try like fish and chips
0: or something. That's really yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good entry point, I think, especially since you like you know you like chicken prepared that way, basically. Yeah, so yeah I, I feel like
2: I had that last when I was like seventeen or something, so I might uh, okay. <laughs> I might try that again. But yeah, yeah. There's a, there you go. Know. You've
3: had it before, so at least you you know it's not totally yeah, yeah. new. I
2: think I, I think I liked it at the time too. I got like I don't know. So, but. Pretty stubborn, so <laughs> we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um,
0: I really like fish and chips, like with a good, really light batter. Yeah, you know where it's kind of like oh, poofy, sure. bubbly. Yeah, Almost.
3: yeah, it is very good. I love fish and seafood so much. So, yeah, I, it's it's hard to get good stuff here in the middle of the country, in the middle of the continent. <laughs> but but it, I do really love it.
2: Do you know what used to be a big part of my life, but is not in the last 15, 20 years or so, but like What's it was that? like chip trucks and stuff like that. Like, you know, like. Uh, chip truck? Chip trucks, like like places that like sell. They're, they're basically like food trucks, but they only sell basically like uh, oh. French fries. Huh. Or like there was like a place uh, at this plaza near us where I grew up um, that like just basically sold. I mean, I guess it must have been like a, um we must have had like sold fish and stuff too, but uh and this this is the thing that like you can kinda I think this is a predictor of future health, maybe that, that I did this, but my dad would go them there sometimes to like the chip truck place. I, I don't even know if it, it was like we call it chippies or something, but like uh um and uh, get the gristle, like all the leftover bits huh. that have been stuck in the oil. So it just was like saturated with oil and Ooh. all like crispy and stuff. Oh, well, the crispy sounds just, good! <laughs> oh, it was extremely good. But, um, <laughs> the uh, I'm thinking about that now, and I think if I ate even like a bit of that now, I would just throw up or something. Like it would, oh. you know what I mean? Like I, I'm on the other end of yeah that kind of stuff. Where like if I see something that's really spicy and like saturated with sauce or something, I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to eat that kind of thing. So. I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, that
0: sounds like a very British thing. I think I've seen that in the UK. Yeah.
3: Well, I know and they chip, have chip, chip shops. shops. Yeah. And, chip shops and yeah. chip, chip chip buddies and stuff like that. But I I had no idea that was a uh, a Canadian thing. I've certainly never heard of it before.
2: Oh really? I well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just uh, I don't know. Maybe that's also like an '80s or '90s thing too. I don't know. Right oh. Here. You sure, know, I don't know yeah. if it's as big a deal as it was. I don't know.
0: Sure. Do they serve the, uh, the fries or the chips in, um, like a cone of newspaper? Yeah. The, stuff how like they that, do that.
2: Or like, uh, they had like these little things that look like the Chinese takeout containers, basically, like the little fry things. Oh got, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. But I, uh, I don't think that like Toronto has kind of jumped on the food truck bandwagon though. Like, uh. That used to be huge. I, I mean, like that is huge in like a lot of places. The United States is like a revitalization thing or something, I guess. Like, um, and I, I guess it's not in Chicago if you're not, uh, um, uh, you know. But like, yeah, the, a yeah. little bit. I think it's expensive. Well, it
3: yeah. was there was a lobby that got out in front of it that got a law passed that said that you weren't allowed to have a food truck within. 500 feet of uh food establishment or something like that oh really so there are only a few areas where they're even allowed because the restaurants just made sure that that because they saw it coming and they wanted to get out ahead of it sure oh okay um, yeah yeah and so yeah there's there's I mean, yeah. not many food trucks in chicago because of that
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's unfortunate i really enjoyed that on the west
2: coast oh yeah there was a lot in seattle it's- or
0: yeah, I guess Portland is the the big food truck place for the oh, Northwest. Yeah. Uh, but Seattle had a good number of them, and uh, they're just you you know, there's some that are bad and some that are good. And the ones that are good, it's it's just a really good deal. Like you're getting a, a good, you know, value. It's a it's very affordable, and then you can you can see the kitchen basically. Yeah. You know, so you can tell if they're keeping it clean and if they're doing a good job and all that kind of stuff and. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I really enjoyed that, and it allows like them to do different things because they they're mobile, right? So they can kind of like do something really niche and then move around, so they're not kind of stuck in one location where it, that might not be feasible, you know. But if they're essentially able to cater to the entire city, then they can do something that's a little bit different. And the, so like, there's like Native American food oh, trucks cool. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's a lot of like fry bread and stuff like that but you know it's cool that they're doing (laughs)
3: stuff (laughs) that's like the only fry bread is like the only american indian food that i've had and I, i i don't know if this counts but i've had um sopapillas in the in um new mexico in like heavily native places in new mexico um and those are really really good they're like these little they're like little dough pillows like they're air on the inside they're poofed open and then you have them with, uh, I, th- I think, drizzled with honey and like whipped cream or something like that. I remember the honey um, specifically, and those are really good. But other than that, I really haven't had a lot of American Indian anything. So, um, what what other than like fry bread? Do you remember anything that they sold?
0: It was pretty like whiteified, from what yeah. I remember. Um, the thing about it is, I think if you try to go like in this very. Where you only do Native American food and nothing that it could cross over into like Mexican or American, you know, like right. standard American kind of stuff. You're left with very little. And I think that's why you end up with like fry bread, which was just like, you know, yeah. something they came up with to survive kind of thing. Um, it, it was sort of like they did fry bread taco. Right. Sort okay. Of a deal. I think that's that was the basic thing. There's like corn and stuff like that involved. I don't remember all the specifics. Only went there a couple times.
1: Hmm.
3: Were they mostly like teriyaki places?
0: In the city, you mean?
3: I mean the, like the, the food, food trucks. Like the food trucks? Yeah.
0: Actually, the, the teriyaki places in Seattle were, were like proper restaurants. Brick and mortar? And I think that's because they're a little bit... Yeah, brick and mortar. I think they're a little bit older. Well, They've older, been there yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, the food trucks, it's a lot of Mexican and then like... I don't know what you call them, like startup, yeah, <laughs> concepts and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Sure, it's a lot of like late twenties, early thirties, white guys with tattoos and beards, yeah. and homemade pickles, and all that kind of bullshit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean.
0: No, I mean which which can be good. Sure. You know, that's kind of that's kind of what we're about. But yeah, speak for it's, yourself. It's, it's, it's a little bit samey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess you you've sort of you've directly answered this, but just you're allowed to get together there and stuff. I guess like you're you're allowed to. Oh, by the, like, there's no like ban on like households mixing or anything. Not like that. that I know like they're, of. They're, no, okay. not that I know of. Uh, yeah.
0: No, I think they're recommending less than a certain number of people, but I don't know. Tabs and I and her parents have been effectively in a bubble like oh, practically the whole year sure so it's kind of, we kind of like just do what we want you know it's kind of like as long as it's the four of us it would feel pretty comfortable yeah, with we, that we yeah we
3: see them once every few weeks and that's about it they don't really the during the summer they were seeing other friends because they could um like be outside with them but since then um they haven't seen anyone and we haven't either. So the exposure that we have is limited to, you know, going to the grocery store or something. So yeah, it's just been us four. I, I was really agonizing over about Thanksgiving. Like I, I was very much leaning in the direction of not doing it because of the cases, uh, having ramped up so much around here. But at this point, I, I I feel a little bit like, what what else can we do, you know? Like, what can we sure. do? I, I've yeah. been taking every precaution and, you know, I, I, I don't feel like, yeah, I feel like it's, we're, we're being pretty, uh, pretty safe about it as far as those things go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like at a certain point, if, if you're not sick and they're not sick and nobody has really been in contact with a lot of other people or with the public or anything, then that's, you know, that's about as good as you're
1: going
3: to get. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no guarantees, but there never are anyway. Even if you don't even think that, like I, I have a friend who, who got it um, from attending an outdoor wedding. Like, what else are they supposed to do? They all wore mm-hmm. masks the whole time. the the um, The actual bride and groom's parties got tested, and it was still outdoors, distanced, and he still got it. So, what are you gonna yeah. do? At a certain point, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, to answer sure. your question, I don't think there are any actual legal problems with us uh getting together for for Christmas. What is yeah. it with around you? Is it okay to do that?
2: Oh no, no. It's, it's it's all I think it's I I think it's not allowed. Yeah. I think it's uh I don't think really? that you're well, yeah, I know it is and I'm I'm a hundred percent or pretty sure it's it's not allowed in Toronto. I don't think you're not supposed to get together. But like uh That makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, it's also like, uh, my, uh, brother-in-law in Toronto is a teacher. So, mm-hmm. uh, and my niece goes to a school with a lot of kids and stuff. And my nephew goes, uh, is, uh, has a lot of like, uh, health problems. So they're also like extremely yeah wary about it, which makes sense. Cause you, yeah. know, you don't want, you don't want to like give it to a bunch of people at a school or something. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I guess besides just having, like, slightly fewer people attending where it's going to be fairly normal for us. Yeah. Do the Christmas Eve dinner and um, Christmas Day is, like, just kind of hanging out yeah. during the day. Sure. Um, when When do you guys open presents? I forget if you do it Christmas Eve or well, Christmas Day.
3: we do the... Whoever else is like when there's more than just the immediate family.
0: Oh right, we do those right yeah.
3: The evening of, and then the all the ones for the family whenever we're we're together. So when we were kids, that was um, Christmas morning, but. Now that we don't sleep over you know at my parents' place, um that's usually just after the other guests leave the same night, <laughs> so it's all gonna be rolled into one this time yeah we
0: we used to do uh, one present on Christmas Eve night and then the rest Christmas day, and that was supposed oh, yeah? to be a way of like splitting the difference for the mm. finnish tradition and the american tradition not that anyone really cared but that's kind of how my mom lo- wanted to do it was like half and half sure. you know so uh in finland you normally what's the, what's
3: the difference in the traditions
0: well in finland you normally open up your presents christmas eve night and um somebody like in the community uh, you know like a distant uncle or something like that will dress up as santa claus like some somebody who the kids won't immediately recognize (laughs) you know and he'll come by and like you know just say hello and drop off presents and tell the kids make sure they're being good so they get more presents next year and all that (laughs) kind of you know that that sort of thing it's cute and uh yeah christmas day is not so much about presents it's more just like a feasting kind of a day
2: mm-hmm. yeah we usually open them uh in the morning on christmas day all of them and uh starting with our stocking and uh then uh you know then the rest of the day is just relaxed and then uh um we have like a big meal uh, in the evening and the big meal usually my mom tries to include like elements that are uh like ukrainian kind of thing like mm-hmm. uh like pierogies, and a few other things that she likes and stuff. So, yeah, and that's fun. And uh, um, and then the next day is usually like, well, when I was younger, the big thing in the next, uh, the big thing the next day is that it's like a big sale day here. It's equivalent to Black Friday. So it would be like you know, anything I didn't get that I really wanted, I would uh. like, consider buying and stuff like that. So it was like a big day of like. Oh man, the DVD for Fight Club's on sale or something, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, yeah,
0: cool. Did you guys ever do anything like religious specifically, or was it just sort of the the typical like cultural kind of a thing?
2: Yeah, we would go to uh, church um, most years. I think on Easter and Christmas. Mm. Um, those were like the two days that we went, we had like a period of like a few years where, um, we went like a lot more, like most Sundays. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure why exactly, but like, (laughs) uh, um, but like just, you know, that's just, I mean like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what brought it up at the time, but like, uh, yeah, we would go, uh, a lot more and, um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, just, uh, Christmas, like Eve, I think we would go maybe or christmas day yeah we go christmas day i think and uh yeah i don't know that's uh, it's funny because uh churches are packed those two days obviously like um those are like the days that like people who are sort of like culturally, culturally catholic um that are not as invested in like just going every week or whatever um they'll show up then too so that the priests sometimes I remember it would be like angry almost. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, you know, you should, you should, uh, you shouldn't just be a cosmetic Catholic. You should come all the time, or kind of, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, Ramadan is the same for Muslims. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of people who are who normally don't go to the mosque to pray, or maybe don't pray at all, and then they pray during Ramadan and stuff. And it's not really the imams who get a bad attitude about it, but it's the guys who are always there. <laughs> Who, like get the front row and stuff and now there's all these people who they don't yeah. have beards and their daughter doesn't wear hijab and it's like you know these people are showing up yeah yeah stinking up the joint
2: <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know like uh do you think it'll be uh different um like do you do you have like a different attitude towards this kind of stuff now like both of you like uh of like these kind of celebrations and stuff like is it is it just like a fun cultural thing or something or it's just like a nice thing to do out of politeness or something or would you do it down the road do you think anyways?
3: I, I, just speaking for myself, yeah, I it never really has been at all religious for my family like I I think maybe a few members of my family went to church like on Easter. And that was pretty much it. Like I, I, I certainly have never gone on any of the big holidays. Um, and none of the family that's close to me has. So for me, it's very just, I I don't want to say it's just American because obviously more, more people than just Americans celebrate Christmas. But, um, I don't know. It's just like a midwinter holiday with like family food um you know generosity and that you know i don't think there's anything there that is gonna forbid me from from uh you know joining in that in the years to come you know and i i would like to keep it up you know even when my folks aren't around and that kind of thing like I, i think it's still good to get to get together with your family and exchange gifts and be kind to one another and eat good food you know yeah
0: yeah yeah that's that's basically the same deal with me my you know my family was very non-religious and christmas was always just like taken as like you said midwinter holiday uh, more like a celebration of like cultural heritage almost more than anything else it was like Mm. a time to kind of like do something finish and then do something like american and kind of like that took more center stage i think than any anything about like christianity or anything like that
2: yeah yeah i was thinking almost like uh i was trying to think of a comparison of how i sort of felt about it when i was younger i think i was it was something almost like uh I, i like that it was absurd to take it seriously kind of thing like it was a it was maybe like a nice thing that people did but it seemed kind of crazy to think there was any real religious dimension to it or something and uh the way that i i was trying to think and it's like It'd be like if Woodstock, you know, like uh, if, uh, (laughs) if someone said, you know, don't, don't do a bunch of drugs and listen to, you know, rock and roll, whatever you should be uh, thinking about peace and how we're going to end the war and all this kind of stuff, you know, (laughs) Uh, don't like make it just a big party. You know, and and it'd be like, I don't know, but Woodstock is like just, that is what it is kind of thing. It's just a big party or something. So, yeah, it's something like that. Like, it was just an absurd thing. And I still feel like that, like, uh, you know, I, I, we, 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 you know, irony poisoning is still a thing kind of thing, you know, like, it's like a, it's hard to kind of get past that at some level to, to actually, commit to it at some level, you know, beyond, I mean, I, I do at like a sort of deep part of my soul or something, but like, uh, it's hard to not feel embarrassed about, you know, like, uh, the taking it seriously or something, you know, like in in terms of like a, yeah, like in terms of like an actual, uh, deep kind of thing, kind of thing like, uh, and I mean like in terms of like, uh, uh, you know, the, actually going to mass all the time and stuff like that and actually going through all the different parts of it it's hard to it's hard to do it and not want to i don't know like and it's funny because it's like uh it's it's a way of not it's like feeling like i would be disrespectful or something if uh. i was uh um like uh not willing to back it up 100 percent or something i don't know like, uh, and, so you
3: don't even want to try, like, start going down that road?
2: Uh, no, I, I mean, I eventually I want to, um, you know, participate more publicly and stuff. But, like, uh, it, it's such a thing, especially, like, in interactions with people online and stuff or whatever, like a interpersonal kind of stuff, where, uh, uh, you know, I'd just rather just go with the flow kind of thing than to sort of t- stake a claim a lot of the time so I don't know so you know no I, I get what you're saying yeah yeah so uh like I can kind of wrap my mind around it and I believe it but it's like uh it's hard to take it to a step where you're like like the you fully embrace the idea that it's not just a holiday or something kind of thing so it's hard to you know skip yeah that you know level. You,
3: so. the, the fact that you use skip um the word skip or just it for me the religious aspect of christmas is utterly distinct from the cultural one they seem really really and that's not as true with holidays like easter i feel like the you know you can still tell the difference between uh you know like easter egg hunt you know obviously that's more of a cultural thing than a religious thing um but the the significance of Easter, I think, is a lot more present in the holiday than Christmas. Christmas just like the two, it feels like two parallel holidays. They don't really seem to m- meet at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just so happen yeah. to be sure. on the same that, day. That yeah. might yeah. make that even more of a like weird gap to to bridge, you know?
2: Yeah. Sure. Do you think that, uh, Tabs, do you think that, like, uh, so, you know, Tom had said and you had said the both sort of, like, we are Muslim kind of thing, right? So, we haven't really talked about this on the podcast at all, about your sort of conversion and, and stuff that, or walking down that road at least, like, yeah. Uh, do you think that, do you have that sense, too, like, for, I mean, for, like, uh, something like going on Hodge or something like that down the road or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would, would you be like uh, at some level kind of feel a bit of embarrassment about it or something <laughs> yeah. like that? You know, like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I just, I, I'm trying to be honest about it. It's like hard to, it's hard to, um like, there's a difference between going, oh, yeah, that's all right. And that's good. And it's, uh, yeah. it's like a worldview that I understand and stuff. And then also being like, okay, I'm in a crowd of people performing this ritual or whatever. And uh, I want to be able to defend it to the nth degree all the way down the line, if I'm, you know, questioned on well, it or something it, and stuff. So
3: <laughs> I go two ways on that because, on the one hand, I basically just don't want to do anything super publicly if I don't if I don't feel like a basic degree of competence. Yeah. In it that's, that's, that's it. Like, I don't feel like I need to be an expert in something in order to engage in it, but I do have to have like a basic level of competence. So sure. in that sense, um, yeah, something like Hodge, like, I don't even like wear a headscarf, you know, like <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Hodge is like a little bit crazy for me to consider at this point. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and of course there's, you know, the idea of like, it, if you jump into something before you have the full context and, and like some like good basic knowledge, like, I don't know, I, I don't like doing that. Cause then I feel like a fraud and I don't want to, sure. I don't want to commit yeah. to something that I don't really know. <laughs> um, for sure. But at the same time, I feel like that also can very easily, especially for someone like me, become a crutch and an excuse sure. of why I'm not already doing something um, yeah. Because oh, it's just not good enough yet. It's just not good enough yet. You know, like, well, when is it ever going to be good enough? Especially in in like religious spaces, I feel like there are lots of people who really just are happy that you're there and don't mind if you don't have like fluency the way they do, and are yeah. are very willing to bend over backwards just to include you. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe to to people outside the religious community it would look like weird or silly or like, why is this person doing that? Um, But within it, I feel like there are so many people who just are happy that you're there that um, I don't want to let that, that sense of, you know, like, (laughs) like, like diving in. I don't want that to keep me from doing that. If that makes any sense. Sure.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why we keep all the non-Muslims out of mecca so they can't see <laughs> all the goofy stuff we get up to around the kaaba yeah yeah the thing with christmas i guess i should kind of give a little spiel people might be wondering about this about how muslims relate to christmas there's sort of like two attitudes about it as as i've kind of described in the past there's like the the, the culture war that exists in north america also exists in, inside of the muslim community and um christmas kind of gets divided in this way too so you have the people who believe that it is haram to participate in anything to do with christmas because it's a non-muslim religious holiday you're effectively imitating non-muslim religious practices which is explicitly haram and so they want nothing to do with it and uh you know it's it's i think that That is the surface level argument that they give. I think if you even scratch that a little bit, it kind of doesn't really hold up because so much of Christmas is not really religious. Like as Tabs and I have been describing our family experiences with it, it has nothing to do with any religious thing at all, you know? Um, So how is it, you know, how is it imitating a religious practice to do things that like atheists Mm -hmm. do? You know what I mean? Um, so for, for people who say that, I think that's really more of like a, an identity thing. They're really trying to hold on to like a Muslim identity and it would feel like a bit of a, like assimilation, dilution sort of thing going on if they started yeah. to like get a Christmas tree and all that kind of stuff, you know?
3: Yeah. And, Which fair enough, but sure. you know, for, for people like us, it's like the, the opposite direction of that. I think it would be weirder, uh, for us not to. You know that that is the culture that we come from. The culture that does Christmas. Yeah, I mean, you
0: know? <laughs> I know converts who do the whole like they don't celebrate Christmas, they don't celebrate Easter, they don't they won't even show up for it and that kind of thing. And you know, people do yeah. you know they have different approaches to this kind of stuff. Um, I got no problem with that, but right for me, it like it, it's never been a religious thing, and so it's always been more about like family and the it's just like a nice thing to look forward to in the dead of winter kind of a thing like it's yeah more like that and on the other hand it, in a weird way it's it's almost taken um like more of a religious character now hmm. as a muslim for me because hmm. it's you know muslims celebrate the prophet's birthday and that's called maulid and that it's not as big a thing today as it used to be thanks to various modern styles of interpreting these kind of things. The The Salafi thing has kind of really uh, put a damper on that. But that used to be the biggest celebration of the year historically. That was bigger than the Eids. Um, you know, it, it's one day, so it's hard to say it's bigger than Ramadan. But it, it was like the big day of the year, you know. Um, so Christmas Christmas kind I can kind of see it like that. It's not necessarily, ha- I don't have to buy into any specific Christian theology to celebrate Christ's birthday. You know, that's something that is perfectly in line with Muslim beliefs. And that's an element of the holiday that had no resonance for me prior mm-hmm. to becoming Muslim. So it's almost kind of like, I don't know, weirdly more, I, I feel closer to yeah. that side of things than, than before. Um, but that, you know, I have to give it my own unique kind of spin on that. I, you know, I don't do anything special for it. It's just like it's Christmas, but I can kind of like think about it like, you know, it's a day to think about Jesus and stuff yeah. like that, mm-hmm. you know, so.
3: Yeah, I think if if my if we said that to my parents, they would be like, uh <laughs> OK, <Right. Yeah. laughs>
2: is there any story in Islam about like the nativity, like the whole birth of jesus and all that kind of stuff like is there yeah yeah.
0: that's in the quran it pretty much sticks to the same story as um from what i understand is like the christian story i think there's actually an additional miracle that is um that jesus is described as having where he is able to speak like as a baby oh really very very young he's a and i forget what he says i think he says something like um, I I will speak to you now and I'll speak to you when I'm older or something like there, it's something like that. And it has, th- there's some specific way that you should understand the Arabic. So I'm not even going to try to do it, but it, in some way it prophesies his, uh, prophesizes his, uh, death. Like um. I, I forget the whole story, there, mm-hmm. um, but I heard, a uh, someone lecture about it. And it was kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, basically the the nativity story is essentially the same. Um, Muslims take a lot of a lot of the stories of the prophets and stuff. They're taking they're taken from uh, Christian and Jewish traditions, and they're sort of understood to to be from that. And to they, there's a little bit of distance there where it's like we haven't authenticated this the same way we've authenticated hadith and Quran, so it's not it's not something that you can, um, for example, you can't like make tech fear on someone who has a differing opinion on something like that because it's just the, we haven't authenticated it. Mm-hmm. So there's no, you know, you're not actually denying anything. You're just saying like, I just don't buy that. This is solid evidence or something, but, uh, it's actually called like Israeliat or something like that. Oh yeah.
2: Meaning like, you know, like the Jewish traditions. Um, so, is uh Jesus considered like the king of the Jews in that tradition do you know or like in that sort of thing like is it I I've, I've never heard of that. Uh, okay. I don't
0: know about that.
2: Yeah, so yeah. I know like that's a that's a big part in the like the whole the, like the, the reason why the nativity and stuff is uh um you know the way that it's structured is a lot of it is like around this the birth of the king kind of stuff like it's like it's it mirrors this whole thing of like the traditional birth of a king of israel or something it's supposed to be in different ways like you know this uh king born in bizarre circumstances kind of thing like uh um hmm. born in a stable or whatever you know like a manger like uh just in in basically like really bad conditions kind of thing and uh um you know a lot of the the signs in it are like just i don't know like it, it's supposed to all kind of mirror a traditional jewish king's birth or something um that's interesting and uh that's a lot of the like it a lot of the sort of things that you know about you know from just american culture or whatever are sort of reflect that in different ways like the, the three wise men kind uh-huh. of stuff all that it's supposed to be like the witnessing of birth of a king and stuff basically or like witnessing the infancy i guess i don't know i'm not sure I'm, the timeline of it but yeah like uh i don't know i find that kind of stuff kind of interesting it's hard though because like uh you know a lot of those kind of narratives well first there's the the extrapolation from it over time into like all these different traditions that might not be actually in the bible kind of thing you know and then there's also in the bible there's like a lot of uh um it's sort of like a short thing in some ways because it's like you know it's like the prelude kind of to Bigger stories, but like, uh, um, it's interesting that, like, you know, like everything in it is just like crammed full with, with like, a symbolism kind of thing. Like, everything in it is supposed to kind of show that he's like the new Moses and stuff, or like the new David and stuff, and or new Adam. And so, I don't know, I it just, it's interesting that, like, that's how a lot of the different parts of that narrative sort of are structured. I don't know. So, yeah yeah i didn't know about that that's
3: cool me neither
2: yeah i don't know how it works in uh islam in terms of uh i don't actually even know like the the outcome i know it's supposed to be that like he's almost executed but then he's like whisked away or something i'm not sure the what's the. yeah uh,
0: it's it's a little bit ambiguous
3: at his birth no no no
0: no no, the crucifixion oh
1: right
2: yeah
0: yeah so the Quran is is ambiguous about what exactly happens, but is oh, very yeah. okay. clear that the the death does not happen. Okay. So, people have different interpretations of this. So, I think what the Quran says, I'm I'm I forget exactly the wording, but it's something along the lines of he did not die, but it was made to appear as such and he ascended up to us. And us being like you know like a royal we that sometimes used god sometimes uses he or we or i like it changes um so yeah so a, a very common understanding of that is that jesus is put on the cross and then god like intervenes and just he just rises up to heaven you know he just doesn't die yeah um there are other people who going into other like more obscure kind of sources and stuff ha- have said that it was somebody else who was put on the cross and that can kind of fit with the, with what the Quran is saying. It was made to appear so. And then as a like a, a later thing that happened is Jesus ascends up to him. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be in that exact same moment. Uh, some people even have said that Jesus is put on the cross, but then through like this miracle, he has it's like someone else is like substituted for him. And then Jesus is saved that way. Um, But basically this, uh, the way I interpret it is I I am open to any kind of explanation. I just don't think it's a, you you can kind of rest on anything as being like the sure answer. Mm -hmm. And I think it's entirely possible that because martyrs are said not to die, but to live with God,
1: Mm.
0: that that may be what happened with jesus when it says he did not die and he ascended onto us that's the same thing that happens with martyrs but when we see a martyr die in the world we don't see it as oh he didn't die he just flew up into the sky No, we see we see someone die yeah right sure and that's what people saw with jesus so and in fact, again, that's what the Quran says, right? It was made to appear that way. So it may right. be a reference to some sort of like background thing that is going in, on in some dimension we don't see, you know, where it, it's like from God's perspective, the death didn't happen in that sense because like only the surface level physical death happened and that's not really what he's speaking about or what yeah. really matters, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of like... Don't have any specific take on it. I'm just kind of open to whatever sort of interpretations people have, except those that seem really kind of forced. Like you know, sometimes people just try to force some weird reading of things for whatever reason. And you know, I just think there's a lot of fairly
2: solid explanations, but no
0: one can say one way or the
2: other. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't. I'm not sure how to judge that it's just so i think you know it makes sense to me what you're saying but it's just yeah it's hard to um i don't know like position that within obviously i've not read the stuff so yeah
0: yeah i mean that that's that's like the most i think uh most direct point of contention between islamic and christian narratives around jesus I i mean besides like the son of god thing i think that's like the the big one it's like the crucifixion means a lot for christians and for muslims we're willing to just kind of be like i don't know what happened maybe this happened maybe you know yeah sure maybe it yeah, didn't yeah. happen you know at all so exactly yeah i'm not sure what the jewish take is on it it's just like good God what he had coming <laughs> um,
2: <God>. troublemaker <laughs> no yeah I, I think i think it is that it's like uh um, uh just you know wise man that was uh, killed by a mob kind of thing, and uh, yeah, okay. I think and like that it wasn't like a direct, obviously like a like it's not like there's no collective guilt involved. Um, and sure, yeah. I'm like, not trying to, yeah, sure, sure. I'm, I, yeah. I just
0: w- wasn't sure what the interpretation of that was because I I did read at one point that some I don't know what proportion of of jews believe this but that some number of them actually hold that like jesus was a false prophet and that is like a great crime and all that kind of stuff so it's like
1: yeah
2: you know it's not a a big deal what happened to him basically in in the in the actual i think bible and like you know the tradition it's supposed to be something like that like it's a that like there's sort of that he was like a troublemaker kind of uh, person who was basically throwing things into uh, throwing the legitimacy of the traditional rabbinical courts and stuff into question. Um, And then uh, they, uh, certain elements within that then sort of conspired to get him killed for that, for blasphemy and stuff. So, um, for claiming that he was the son of God and stuff, and uh, and claiming that he had was a, was going like was the rightful king um, of the Jews and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's sort of like the mainstream narrative. I, yeah, it's a uh, it's one of those things. where that's a, that's one thing I think about a lot. Uh, uh, not a lot, but like uh, it's something that I want to think more about. Is like the the correct way to be polite about that and like actually you know, know all of the sort of details and stuff of that kind of conflict kind of stuff, because it's difficult to, um, you know, you, you're not, and you'll never learn that from online, basically, you got a thing like, you'll, uh, you'll go in like some wild direction with it either way, I don't know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do think that like, at the end of the day, it's helpful to have like, kind of a, pluralistic view about that kind of stuff to some extent like to kind of go you know you understand that that it's like if someone is sort of wagering that god exists and has positive sort of morals around that or something it's like i don't know that's like 90 percent of it kind of thing so that's not really i don't know
0: yeah i I get what you mean i i really appreciate having a specific position on this sort of stuff in terms of like i know where i stand like you know i i have a muslim perspective but then being open to like okay well these people think this these people think that uh, and appreciating that for what it is i sure. think that's yeah i don't know that just feels a lot better than having this very uh like unaffiliated Worldview where it's just like everyone just has opinions about things. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. seems very. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know it, it. It because you don't have any specific ideas about a thing. It, it almost feels like anytime someone does, you it kind of. It's hard to take them. It's hard to not be patronizing. It's either sure. like you're just completely distanced yeah. from it or you're just like, oh, well, that's nice. And then you move along to the next thing and you can't really engage with anything. So yeah. you feel like
3: yeah.
0: you're inherently sort of adopting this like position of superiority or you're just like, yeah. I don't actually exist. You guys just kind of sure. do your
2: thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, pick a side, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing that's kind of been weird just to change subject, I guess. Uh, one thing that's kind of been weird this year for the holiday has been getting presents and stuff like that, getting gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, we, it just hasn't felt like, I don't know. It kind of crept up on me and, uh, I'm usually pretty good about like planning out my Christmas gifting and stuff. Well, in advance, I've been pretty good about that the last few years, like throughout the year, I keep, a wish list on Amazon that I whenever I see something or think of something that would be a good gift for someone I like throw it on there and then by the end of the year I usually have like 90% of my gift ideas like ready to go and I don't always get it from Amazon but it's just a handy place to keep the, the list sure and uh, yeah this year I, I've i had some of those ideas but I I haven't actually ordered anything yet like we're gonna be late on things I think and it's a little bit difficult to just run out and pick stuff up. Mhm. You know. So yeah. I don't know, it's just feeling weird. On the other hand, we have an easy excuse cuz the mail has been so slow and everything. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah. My my mom's very frustrated about this kind of stuff. Like she she hates shopping online. Yeah. And uh, she wants to uh be out in the mall, kind of looking around, trying to figure something interesting or new or whatever to get different things. And uh, yeah, so she's she's sort of like begrudgingly learning how to shop online, and uh, I don't know. So, a bit different I, though this year, yeah. So
3: I, I I I hate shopping just in general, except grocery shopping. I really like grocery shopping. Every other kind of shopping is awful. But and I I, I just mean to say that I, as much as I hate shopping, online shopping is that much worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just—it's very hard for me to like. I always need to, you know, to see things, to feel them, to smell them. Like that. I—I I know that sounds weird, but, um, anyway, point is, I—I f- I feel your mom's pain. There are obvious yeah. advantages to, um, to shopping online, but in general, I really hate doing it because there's—it's so much of a crapshoot.
1: hmm
2: Yeah.
3: In terms of quality and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I like looking around, seeing if I can get a deal and stuff, but it's also hard to, like online, but it's hard to uh, actually do that because, you know, all the sale prices and stuff are just fake in different ways, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I can't trust any reviews and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. It's just, yeah. I mean, even like, even when, like, if you go to a, a physical store and you try on, A shirt and you try it on in the blue color and then you try the same shirt on in the gray color Um, depending on the organization of the company that um, made those shirts those could be made in different factories in different countries you can't trust the fit you can't trust the cut like how how the hell are you going to find something like that on online I don't even want to like shop for groceries online for the same reason like you're not going to pick the best produce for me I, sure. I can pick the best produce, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I really I really don't like online shopping except for the obvious like it comes to my door. But even then I feel bad because I hate wasting all of that packaging and all the fossil fuels that it takes to get that shit to me. Like I really yeah, I I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry for the bitch session. I just <laughs> had, had to get it off my off my chest.
0: No, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. I mean I, I get what you're saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, plus that's what this podcast is for. It's to <laughs> com- complain about society in different ways. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it it should be nice. I think it'll it's like Thanksgiving was really nice just Yeah, a, it was nice. Very uh very much like a change of pace or something somehow. I don't know. Just it was it was nice to have like a get together yeah and i think this will be the same
3: yeah and i don't know now that my my folks have retired um these these events and holidays are not like fraught with uh, with stress and anger constantly <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> no one's blowing up at someone else and anything like that 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 people tend to associate with holidays sometimes it, it is very much like like it's pretty ideal it's nice. Like we, we actually have a pleasant time and enjoy each other's company, which is, that's like what you, what more can you ask for from a holiday? You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm,
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. I've, I've never experienced that whole family antagonism stuff that people talk about so much. I
3: I don't really have that kind of stuff, but um, just like the preparations for the holiday are very stressful and like getting, getting the, the meal prepared and everything ready at the same time and the house clean beforehand and all the gifts wrapped. And that's the kind of stuff that usually causes people to snap at each other and stuff like that. It's not like I'm a Republican and I drive like this, and I'm a Democrat and I drive like this. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's not that <laughs> kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whenever people are going on about that, I'm like not quite sure how much of this is, not their fault yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. sure you just never know um but yeah i hope everyone has a nice holiday um however you're celebrating it however you feel about everything and uh yeah happy holidays everybody yeah happy holidays holidays. (laughs) all righty so let's kick off this question section here with a christmas question this one is which culture has the best christmas
3: Mm. Hmm. well i'm biased but i really like the feasting italian food for christmas i gotta say that i it's 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 really really good (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm I also have a little bit of a bias here. I'm kind of fond of the Finnish <laughs> thing. It's just a little bit different than I don't know, like the mainstream like globalized version of Christmas, so it just feels a little bit special to me or something. Yeah. So, but I'm sure everyone has like whatever yeah. their like cultural thing is. I'm I'm sure that that's kind of the case.
3: Yeah.
0: Um I've heard that Puerto Rican Christmas is cool, like the foods
3: are good oh well we have had um i i made puerto rican rice recently and that's like a holiday thing um and then coquito you know that that's like the puerto rican eggnog stuff it's like all the coconut and nutmeg and stuff like that and with rum that I've, I've had that before everyone has every family has their own recipe and that it's very sweet and rich so. Oh yeah, yeah. I
0: don't think I've had that, but I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't really know much about the different Christmases around
0: yeah, the world I kind of really stuff. Either. I don't know.
3: So
2: You guys
0: know about Japan, right? No. KFC? Yeah. In Japan they do uh KFC for Christmas. Is that- like I guess this started like back in like the 60s or something like when all the air bases the american bases were popping up over there and american you know fast food and stuff like that was showing up and so kfc was like the quintessential american thing you know so when the american holiday of christmas happens they want to celebrate it by getting american food like kfc kfc did like a special on a bucket or something like that and everyone you know, went and got one, it was a big hit, and they kept doing it year after year, and now it's become, like, a cultural tradition.
2: Wow. That's, like, a home run for marketing. That's, like, a, <laughs> yeah. it's like really, it's what you want. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the Japanese take to these kind of things pretty easily. Like, I think, I, I heard the saying they have in Japan where it's, like, you're, you're born Buddhist, you marry Christian, and you die shinto or something yeah, like that yeah, and yeah. that's just because of the different they like just adopt these cultural practices for different things and kind of just make it like this is what we as japanese do we imitate these people so like the, their weddings they dress up in like western style clothes the you know the bride and the groom and everything they have like a priest and everything like they do it the, the whole western christian style mm-hmm. um i don't know it, I japanese are kind of cool in certain ways i, I mean i don't know not a weeb or anything, but I I think that kind of stuff is neat. Hmm.
2: Oh, so I'll say uh, Canada. That's, <laughs> my, that's uh,
3: really is there branching anything, out.
0: Anything like special that Canada does for for Christmas? Anything that kind
2: of stands out? Um, not that I can think of. The only thing that it kind of made me think of was uh, there is like the winter holiday festival in uh, Quebec City. Um, which is a big thing. Um, uh, oh, what's it? It's, uh, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to look this up even because, <laughs> uh, Quebec, because it's got a cute thing to it. That's the thing is it's a, yeah, Quebec winter carnival, carnival, I guess, carnival, carnival to Quebec. And it's got this uh, mascot. I'm trying to think what his name is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay quebec winter mascot oh his name is bonhomme so it's like uh oh, good it's, it's man this, it, yeah like uh bonhomme and uh he, uh it's this guy that's got like a uh, red toque it's like a snowman but it, he's like a jovial character you should look him up he's cute <laughs> but uh um so that that happens in uh um it happens in like February, I think, or something like that, or late January, early February. This
0: sounds like crypto Catharism to me. <laughs> you know the 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 Cathars, they they're like priestly types were called good men.
2: Oh yeah. So I'm just
0: wondering if there's a
2: connection here. I don't know. <laughs> Probably, I don't yeah, I don't even know when it started, but yeah. So Tom, do you know, remember if an,
3: if, Oh sorry, what were we gonna say?
0: I was just
2: gonna say if this
0: bonhomme guy is not allowed to eat then, I think we got ourselves a story here.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah,
3: <laughs> very interesting <laughs> um i was I was just gonna ask Tom if you remembered a couple of years ago when we went to the Christ Kindle market marked I don't know how to say it in German, Christ Kindle with uh, yeah, with my mom, and that that was a nice holiday thing with the. Mold wine and potato pancakes and baked apples and all that kind of stuff that was that was pleasant so yeah i
1: guess
0: that's all
3: german yeah stuff. i don't <laughs> know if that's like an accurate representation of what germans do for for christmas but it, it it's nice here <laughs> the mold
0: wine was always a thing for us yeah that was one thing my my mom really likes that and it's a very traditional thing to do in finland and i'm sure yeah. many other places so
3: yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's nice. I made glug uh years ago for my family. Like I infused my my uh vodka with like lemon peel and cinnamon and clove and all that kind of stuff for like a few weeks and I I brought everything over carefully to to make it and then um no one no one had any. They didn't they, <laughs> they were just uninterested in it, so I I didn't make it again, but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we need to figure out a non-alcoholic glug thing
3: yeah i mean just spiced grape juice is going to be pretty delicious it's already sweet you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right so let's move on to another question Okay. Uh, this one's a little bit of a longer one. It says, Hey Don, I've really liked some of your past conversations about therapy and its value. Anyway, if you ever need or want to go down that road again, I know a really g- great Gestalt therapist in Toronto. I know that's a bit of a hike for you, but with the way it works, you really go when you need it. He's a lefty and works on a sliding scale too. Gestalt is a humanistic school <laughs> of therapy that focuses on process, the social environmental context of your life. It was influenced by Dadaism existentialism and various radical strains. I won't get into details, but went through the ringer with the whole psychiatric system and different CBT groups and various conventional therapists. And this wound up being the only thing that genuinely helped me figure things out. Anyway, love both you guys and fondly remember fondly remember your posting from back in the something awful
2: days. Yeah, that was nice, but that's uh,
3: very sweet.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know much about that kind of therapy. I don't know it's like roots, or whatever, other than what they just said. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I have done the kind of thing too. I haven't looked at that particular one, but I've done that thing too, where I went around to different places in Toronto back in the day and like tried to figure out some alternative to where I went to uh, psychoanalysis. I went to. I used to go to different like uh, um, psychoanalysis, also like. Conferences or whatever and stuff for a few years, like, or like, uh, um, ones that were like, you know, just the different pro- professional training ones and stuff, too, even like, just because, I, or like, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, seminars. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that they were really interesting. Um, uh, I was also like unhealthy at the time, too. So it was kind of like a funny thing, um, where I like would write them a letter being like, please let me enter training for this. Um, uh, I I cured myself with it and stuff. Or whatever, <laughs> and then it was like uh, I don't know. That probably so. Anyways, they ended up they were polite to me, but they you know, refunded my application fee and stuff. But like, uh, um, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, uh, I uh, I went to one uh, psychoanalyst uh, psychoanalyst guy, and uh, we talked for a bit and stuff, and it was okay. And then he said, uh, he's like, basically he was like, you know, you can't afford us kind of thing. Like he was like, basically, because it wasn't, I mean, he was really nice, but like uh, the the basic thing is that like the way that traditional like mainline Freudian psychoanalysis works is that like uh, they want you to do it like four days a week for an hour uh, for like eight years. Whoa. It's just like, and you know, you can. Oh end my up spe- gosh! You can end up spending something like a hundred thousand dollars or something just to.
3: I believe it. To, yeah, and holy uh, guacamole!
2: And uh, so, and the thing is that I don't even know. Like, I'm not going to say that like, for like a logical thing that that is like logically impossible. That that's a bad idea. Kind of thing seems like a bad. I I can kind of understand the idea that like it might take a lot of resources to work through major problems or something. I can kind of I can kind of understand that at some level, but like uh, it seems like an insane commitment to make. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I can understand why uh, people working within that tradition moved away from it. A lot of them towards like psychotherapy kind of stuff that uh, mixes it in maybe a bit. You know, like not. Tries to like include some of the insights or something, but doesn't. Anyways, so I kind of, a lot of these uh, therapies that are sort of, like I, I see, uh, I, like my understanding of Gestalt is that it's like a post-Freudian or something. It's like includes other yeah. stuff into it and stuff, but like it's a, an alternative take on it. Um, I think a lot of this stuff also was like, th- like the mainstream American or like a psychiatric kind of model on it. It sees all this kind of stuff as being, you know, uh, like the equivalent of like Neanderthal for the human that walks kind of thing. You know, like it's like sort of like old, uh, basically guy thinks of something in his head instead of uh, like actual science kind of thing. You know, like uh, I think that's like the sort of criticism. I actually do think that like there's a lot of value in that, Uh, like. Philosophical kind of approach to mental yeah. illness and stuff. I think yeah. there's a lot to it, but I do think that there's also like uh, the sort of mainstream CBT stuff, or even just like the biochemical kind of things, like yeah. taking pills to address schizophrenia and stuff. In in like a triage model of like just trying to get people to survive and like keep doing what they're doing, you know, like like you know improving and stuff. It's probably already a good start that then has to be supplemented with, you know, maybe more intensive types of therapy for certain people if they want it kind of thing. But, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I, I I tend to be skeptical of a lot of, like, basically anything, but, like, uh, I don't know. I'll look into that kind of stuff, though. I will... I will like google it and maybe read a few of the books that are related to it and stuff. I feel I'm not I mean I'm not going to go and I, I wouldn't be like I'm not a Zoom guy for therapy, I don't think. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe down the road.
0: I don't know. Just uh just remember what Mel Gibson taught you about those people, you know what I mean? Just watch out. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Can we get canceled from uh <laughs> just being like guys online? I don't know. I don't know if that <laughs> Yeah.
0: All right, quick. We'll we'll do a food question.
2: How do humans produce
0: so much rice? Shit's hard on your back to cultivate.
3: Yeah, I think about that every single time I see someone bent over in a field. It's brutal. I I, I, I probably a better question for someone who knows um, agribusiness a bit more because I'm assuming there are methods of harvesting that don't involve just. People (laughs) anymore. Uh, And that's probably why we're able to uh, cultivate and consume it on an industrial scale. But uh, yeah, no kidding. And also, I wonder at certain places that have a lot of rice in their cuisines that don't have wet areas to grow the rice in. It's very strange to me. I I don't know how that happens.
0: (laughs) I, I mean, I guess it's fairly easy to import rice.
3: That, yeah, that's true. But you'd think that most of the time, local cuisines are are a little bit older than, um, just like than like contemporary global trade would have permitted. I'm talking about like. Well,
0: I'm just thinking of like Japan. Like, okay, so maybe Japan doesn't have a lot of places to grow rice, but their neighbors do. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. They they grow a good amount of rice, though. Um, oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's more than you might think from for a mountainous place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I heard like Japan has the highest population density in the world and it's like 98% of it is not inhabitable. Like it's just yeah. mountainous. And so everyone just lives on this little sliver on the coast basically. And it, it's just amazingly dense. Yeah,
3: that's true. I, I really like seeing stuff from those uh, mountainous areas because the culture is is like really, really different, like what people eat and just like daily life and stuff. I think in places like that, and this is true of Korea too, like the the, the cultural cachet that comes with being in Tokyo or Seoul is like you can't the divide between urban and rural here has nothing on the divide between urban and rural there. Like you are considered like like a total hayseed if you're not from one of these big cities, mm. megalopolises. Um, but um, that's that's also why I find it interesting, because it's like you get a look into like older foodways and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I always I'm a sucker for that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that stuff is interesting to me too. I learned a thing about rice a, a little while back that you know how rice patties will f- flood and they will like keep that flood there, like they want the, the rice yeah. patties to get flooded. Yeah. I guess that is because it prevents um, diseases and, and stuff like that. It prevents, um, maybe it's molding or something like that it, it, it in any way it, it protects the rice mm. while it's while it's growing it's not necessarily like that rice is so water you know greedy it's, or anything like that. it's not the
3: consumption of the water by the plant itself
0: no no it's just like an easy way to protect it without like i see i think that like bugs and stuff like that get to it otherwise
3: hmm. so, interesting i didn't know yeah. that
0: I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with why it's cultivated so much. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um. All right. So next question. Since you guys are basically Gen X, have you met Nirvana or the machine <laughs> from Rage Against
2: the Machine? <laughs> uh, are we Gen X? I don't know. N- no, no, that's just calling you well, old. I, I I'm on like the cusp. I'm right in between the two. Of millennial in gen x um i've seen i've seen very very like the definition is always different i always see it like like everywhere it's always yeah. like different and i usually am either like a very early millennial or like a, yeah. a, a late gen x so yeah
3: yeah to me i i was when i was a kid the stuff that i was watching on tv was the stuff that gen xers were making So I don't really feel like I could count as—I mean, I already know that I don't because of when I was born. But I like like stuff like um, you know, like uh, like the Nickelodeon shows that were really popular, um, like Ren and Stimpy and that kind of stuff um, when I was a kid. That's like stuff that Gen X was making that was all referential to like the '70s cartoons that they had grown up with. Um, So. To me, that that kind of excludes me from that yeah. because I was consuming what they were making, not part sure. of what they were making, yeah, you know? Yeah, that
2: makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Although millennial never really, I don't know, didn't really uh, make much sense to me. I don't know. Like does the yeah. sort of like distinction never really, I don't know. I guess it's just like a shorthand, but yeah. So.
0: Yeah, to me, the, the big distinguishing factor has always just been the internet. Like if you grew yeah. up with the internet as part of your childhood in some major capacity then it's kind of like you're a millennial and like there are older people who got on board early but for the most part it's like younger people who just grew up around yeah you know even like for me it was still dial-up and stuff for a good chunk of that but yeah you know still formative yeah and just definitely informed like cultural consumption and
2: stuff like that
3: yeah that's true
2: yeah. The internet um I mean I remember using that stuff maybe when I was like 13 or 14 or something it was like you know 94 or 95 or something was when that kind of stuff started uh, like the computer connecting to some sort of network or whatever. That's when I remember my friends and I started sort of knowing about it so I guess that counts. Yeah. So um yeah.
0: Okay, uh, next question. Gorbachev was the greatest Soviet leader because he banned alcohol. Prove me wrong. I
2: think he's got a point. I, did he actually ban it? I thought it was like a, some sort of t- like special tax on it or something. I don't know.
0: You probably can't ban alcohol. Yeah, in Russia. yeah I don't That's think so. Either. Uh,
2: so it's already uh, faulty, but like, uh, I don't know. I, it's funny because that was like a real... Social problem, like it was like a yeah we were actually trying to address something that was like a major not just like you know social thing but also economic and stuff, so yeah. it was really yeah. affecting. I don't know
0: i I remember uh you know people were talking about this at one point, it was like you know communists and tankies and those types talking about how um the transition from the Soviet Union to like capitalism in Russia was a huge disaster on a humanitarian level and like the birth rate birth rate dropped tremendously Uh, people were dying in huge numbers and all this kind of stuff and you know that that's terrible obviously but then someone points out like 25% of those deaths are from like alcohol poisoning and I'm just thinking like okay I mean I understand deaths of despair and all that stuff we're going through an opiate crisis now that's not too dissimilar from something like that i guess but at some point i'm like 25 percent is alcohol like that's that's i don't know i i, I can't draw a picture of what that yeah. is it's like one in one in every four deaths is because someone drank that much yeah i don't know that's just crazy to me
2: yeah i it's also i it's funny i, I do like the contrarian takes on a lot of the stuff so one of the things is that uh, alcohol consumption actually did go down significantly when they did the anti-alcohol campaign um so it wasn't like uh just you know completely you know like it it did have some effect i guess i think i think uh it did and uh, but you know i don't know it it was a it was very well designed to make everyone angry though so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um
0: okay how about this one now that Biden has won, will Tom finally admit he is a cuck? What do you guys think? Will Tom finally admit that he is a cuck now that Biden has won?
1: Hmm.
3: Um, I personally will disagree with that uh, label because it involves me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that's that's not true, yeah. Mr. Mr. F- Funny Pants. Out of sympathy
2: to Tabs, I will. I will uh, defer to her. I don't know. I won't interrogate Tom <laughs> on this. <I> feel like <laughs> I feel like that's his business, not mine. So. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> oh, I don't honestly totally understand what the point is being made here now. That like what what does it mean now that Biden has won? I don't understand that
3: part. Yeah, I don't. I I kind of ignored that element of it because it didn't make sense to me either. I
2: guess that uh, Trump lost when. You thought he could maybe pull it out of it or something? I don't know.
0: He's still got a chance. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's how Trump can <laughs> still win. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: It's
0: not over till it's over, folks.
3: Oh boy. <laughs>
0: um all right, here's another one for me. I'm going to forcibly inject Tom with the COVID vaccine until he is completely retarded. Bitch, if you don't take that shit so I can go outside, I will throw a goddamn fit.
1: <laughs> Th- this,
0: this kind of thing is not going to promote that the behavior you want, sending me this kind of stuff. <laughs> Just saying.
2: Yeah, I don't
3: know. That's also a fool's understanding of the vaccine, for shame.
2: <laughs> well, well, yeah. Uh, I think we'll have uh, Mike on maybe next week or sometime soon. And uh, uh, to discuss the vaccine. And I'm sure he'll tell us uh, all the great reasons why we should be taking it and uh, convince Tom (laughs) that uh, it's 100% above board and everything is, uh, you know.
0: He's going to show up with like a decanter of the vaccine and just pour us glasses (laughs) and just drink it down. Yeah. Mm, That's pretty good. Alright, this is a little bit more of a serious question I think. It says, I work for a local government agency in the US I was recently told by a female co-worker that the department has a problem with sexual harassment but has asked me to keep some of the details of it to myself What's my e- ethical obligation here? Do I speak up and potentially out her and maybe ruin my career? Or stay silent?
2: Um So I guess, yeah, Hmm. the question would be if uh, they're, yeah, it's hard hard to kind of guess what the actual, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess maybe they're saying that they know more details themselves that they were told or whatever. I don't think it was like just there's a problem. There's also probably information that they know about the problem now or something kind of thing. So I, uh, and also that like. Um, they might feel like they have a reason to you know I feel like it, it might not involve that person It might be involved someone else that I don't know but like uh, yeah I mean if you if you know the person involved and you're talking to them about it uh, already if that's the case then you, you don't I don't think you have like a you know you don't have a responsibility to sort of out them I don't think or like take on their case for them without their response, their uh, permission or something. Yeah, no, definitely not. So Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, is this one of those things where if, yeah, I don't I'm trying to think of like a situation where you would have to, uh, you know, make the leap to tell people, I mean, it's hard also because if you tell like an HR person in your sort of organization, uh, that, you know, that you might get it on record, but a lot of the times their job in reality is to shut down the complaint kind of thing, right? Like to cause a yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, So, yeah. uh, you know, you might not really have the power that you might think you do to sort of gain some sort of resolution for people involved. I'm not sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would just, I think that it would be more see c- you know it just it's a sad situation i guess but like cost versus benefit like what what you think is going to happen versus you know like and probably tend against doing anything without anyone's permission or something so yeah
0: yeah it, it also depends like what the severity of sure. the thing is like if it's the boss is calling his secretary toots or something like you know that's one side and then it can go pretty far the other way so you know there's a there's a A lot of factors to consider. We don't have all the details on that. Um, It did say I work for a local government agency. So I'm thinking this might be a case for the true people. Oh, yeah. Head over to those guys and they can, you know, if that's your problem. Those those guys are pedo hunters over there. So you uh, have any input on this one, Tabs?
3: Um, I... I (laughs) I didn't really understand the question. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just kind of hoping that would skate by me. (laughs) I didn't understand this person. So someone told them something about what was happening to them?
2: It's not clear.
3: Okay. Just that Um, there
2: was a problem. They know that there's a problem with sexual harassment in the organization.
0: Yeah. I think it could be implied, but it's not it's not like confirmed here, um, and it, but it does okay. seem that speaking up would out that person potentially. So to me that- Oh, the, the out uh,
3: the person who confided in them?
0: Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. And, and that person isn't confiding in them in that they are harassing people, but that they <laughs> know about it somehow. So maybe they oh, have suffered something or maybe not. Like that's, that's really yeah, tricky to me. I, like if uh, it's, uh, if it's making someone who's a victim to something like in making that public, that's, I, I never want to go that route. You need Sharia people. That's all you need. You need gender segregation. <laughs> true. You need cover those women up and we will be good to go.
3: <laughs> cover everyone up in my opinion.
0: Well, yeah, sure.
3: But, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I'm sorry, just sh- short of knowing more, I-, I don't think I can answer because like you guys said, the the answer on the books is always, if you see something, say something. But you know, everyone knows that that is not always the most prudent or helpful thing to do. So, yeah, without knowing more specifics, I apologize. I, I-, I don't think I can answer. I'm sorry. All right. Well, yeah, I hope that
0: works out for you. Um, Send us an update if, if things develop. Um, all right. How about this one? Is a guy being extremely clean a far right trait?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, you guys could answer that. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> the personal That's is political. What's so funny?
3: <laughs> uh, I I don't think that that is uh, related to anyone's politics, but that's a very funny question. So thank you for asking it.
2: Yeah, I guess you know, clean cut is like a common trope for like uh, I don't know. I I always like you know I I I take the side of the that song uh sign sign everywhere sign whatever that Louis C.K. <laughs> That's the thing where it's yeah, like gonna- the guy like <laughs> pranks a guy by taking off his hat and showing that he had long hair and stuff. So I think I think that's pretty badass. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: that maybe this idea comes from um, military people tending to be clean, as you know, like cause when they're in the military, like they get all those in- inspections and stuff in boot camp or whatever, you know um so maybe that's kind of where this comes from and then like the hippies are supposed to be like the left although like if you look at like a socialist country or whatever that like all, all the like top communist people are not going to be like hippie types are going to be like more like the clean sure. military type people yeah.
3: yeah i think this this is more along the authoritarian um a- uh, political axis than it is like left or right you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if
0: anything, it's a positive thing to be clean. You know, so it's like you you can't you don't want to twist this around and be like, oh, this has political implications. So it's actually a bad thing. <laughs> I
3: definitely shouldn't be that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Taking a bath is fascist.
3: Yeah. Right. There was that um, someone. Oh. Do you remember clean privilege?
0: Um, someone. N- this
3: no. was like in the late 2000s or early. 2010s um someone had a tumblr called uh, like check your clean privilege or something like that and it was the same um you know social justice rhetoric applied to the concept of bathing so it was someone's scathing commentary on on social justice being like you don't know what it's like to you know be on the bus and people never want to sit next to you and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that um, it, it was pretty funny but Um, I (laughs) kind of, when, when you were talking about Donald, the, uh, the kind of like fashy aesthetic of like, you know, the, the ascendancy of the, the Hitler youth haircut and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's just kind of funny because you then see a lot of, um, like the online, like younger guys who, who like want to be part of this thing, trying to look like very dapper, and uh clean cut but you can tell that they still aren't like they yeah yeah yeah. (laughs)
1: they
3: might they might like be able to like pomade their hair over but they still are like only bathing like twice a week or something like that um and you go oh okay well you know you have the the uh the attempt in the outward appearance but but there's there's no actual cleanliness there so i don't know how how deep that runs you know
2: yeah or like someone like uh Donald Trump's son, whatever, like, the where he just looks like, uh, just emanates, like, dirtiness kind of thing. <laughs> he has the pig pen stink lines he, he coming just, off him. He just of. looks like, uh, <laughs> he would, like, reek of alcohol and stuff. It just, like, looks like, <laughs> but, like, uh, you know that, like, uh, you know, everyone on the crowd thinks of him as, like, some, like, paragon of, I don't know, like, yeah professionalism or something.
3: yeah yeah, boss at me that's that's his job
0: don do you remember i think it was a rezone post maybe it was a something awful post about it was like an argument there was a thread going on and people were arguing about whether or not showers were like imperialist privileges or something like that the water consumption is like effectively exploited and stolen from the third world somehow. And so like taking a shower versus taking a bath because of the amount of water you use is like this wild extravagance that only imperialist uh, labor labor aristocracy could afford that kind of thing.
2: I don't remember that, but it it sounds very, uh, it jives with that zeitgeist, I think. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good times.
3: I'm into that. I like that.
0: Um, okay, we'll wrap it up with this one. I think I, as an infidel, could easily get into the city of Mecca and touch the Kaaba stone. What are they going to do? Kill me? Um, yeah, you wouldn't be the first, to be honest. I'm sure many, many, many people have done this. I know that there are, were, um, uh, like British scholars and historians and, you know, people that used to wander around in the desert, Lawrence Arabia style that did this you know they kind of like snuck in pretending to be muslim or i mean a lot of people just get invited you know like the the king just like invites people to mecca and it's like steve harvey and like ariana grande and stuff like it's not it doesn't you know yeah i I think the idea is like there's a rule but then there's like exceptions to the rule and that's like every single rule in islam kind of works like that like there's the rule, but then like how we're going to find our way to make things actually work kind of a thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't think there's any punishment for death or anything.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, you might, people would be mad at you. Like if you were just kind of like, were in the, in the middle of the throng of people going around the Kaaba and you just started like saying like, guess what <laughs> people are not Muslim. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That might not end well for you, but
2: it could be, like, a Indiana Jones type thing where, like, you touch it and then your hand just starts, like, evaporating <laughs> as you.
0: <laughs> yeah. It would be funny if the person, like, did that and then, like, was just struck by, like, awe and realized Islam is the light and converted <laughs> on the
2: spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. We'll uh, end the episode with this uh, happy comment. In all caps, it says, I hate women. So... <laughs> I'm glad we're, yeah, I I feel like (laughs) we're hitting the right tone here with this podcast and getting the right people chiming in. I I had to scroll past a bunch of white nationalist stuff to answer that one, but I did catch my eye. So I think think we're doing something all right over here. That that got me good. Sure.
3: Uh, Thank you for that one, whoever submitted that.
0: All right. Well, thanks for coming on again, Tabs.
3: Oh yeah. I, yeah, I hope I'm not overstaying my welcome with your with your listeners, but thank you, thank you yeah, for having everyone, me Yeah,
0: everyone everyone likes uh, the TAPS no, episodes. No,
2: no, no. It, it, yeah, widely <laughs> beloved, so. <laughs>
3: oh man, <laughs> I lost my window of time when you said widely beloved, I wanted to make a fat joke about myself, but I, I, I couldn't get it in time, so just, just no. know that the intention <laughs> was there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so everyone enjoy your holidays. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff.
3: Yeah. Merry Christmas, happy holidays.
2: Yeah. Merry Christmas.
3: Oh, oh here's how you say it in Lithuanian. Linksmu
2: Kaledo.